0: That's B-O-D-I dot com.
1: Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Abby. And it feels so good to be back, but we are the Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes or less. And I'm so happy I remembered that intro because it's been a minute and a lot has happened since we last recorded. Not
2: to be like, uh, this is going to sound like I'm like, I don't know, like throwing shade and I'm not, I'm not a house of, I think that's the first time you've gotten it right
1: in a really long time. (laughs) I think you're right. No, I think you're right. I always (laughs) mess it up. Um, or Abby and I have to re-record. So yeah, yeah, it just came to me.
2: Well, you're just, it's like every, everyone's thrilled for you to be back, including your brain remembering the intro so perfectly. We have missed you. I mean, V what, what a ride! I mean, seriously, I feel like you were texting me one morning, like I think I'm in back labor, and then we were like, "No, it's so early, you're not having back labor," and then you were at the hospital and you had a baby, like yeah, in less, like twelve hours.
1: So, um, basically, what happened? All this to say, before I go into this, anyone listening, trust your fucking gut and listen to your intuition. If you feel something's off, just go to the hospital. Go. Call go straight to your doctor. Just trust your um, guts. So I, um, I delivered on a Tuesday. On Monday, I felt pretty crappy, but I thought I was third trimester, swollen, summertime, it's hot. I just thought, you know, I'm getting towards the end of my pregnancy. I'm just starting to feel shittier. I felt a lot of, like, pelvic pressure, just felt crappy. As the day progressed, you,
2: go ahead. You went out Monday night, though. You went to that friend's house.
1: Yeah. I had my coworkers um, had a social distance, mind you, um, <laughs> safe, going away happy hour because I'd switched positions at the job that I have. And I it was an honor of me. I hadn't seen any of, any of my um, coworkers since March it was, yeah. So I was there, I was outside. I actually ended up leaving early cause I felt like shit. So I progressively just felt worse, really, really nauseous. I got really bad overnight. And I think what I was experiencing, I have experiencing back pain. I don't think I realized I was having contractions, um, because I didn't have them with Mia. So I just kind of am like, again, when you're pregnant, it's easy to just say, Oh, it's just part of pregnancy. Like, You're supposed to feel crappy. Everything's pregnant. You're pregnant. And so it can be really difficult to distinguish what is a red alarm, like red flag, or what's just you're pregnant. And it sucks. So I felt really, really crappy, Um, horrible. I'd never felt that horrible. I was like crying. I was making Kyle like try to calm me down in the middle of the night. I felt so bad that I took a bath at 2 a.m., um, to just try to calm myself down. So the next day I texted you, I texted a couple other girlfriends and it's just like, Oh my God, I felt horrible. Did you experience any back pain, um, nausea? Did you experience any of that? And like, like you said, like, we just, I think it's, you just kind of like, Oh no, it's fine. You're, you're, you're probably okay. I planned on calling my doctor. I called my doctor and, um, The way my doctor's office works is you get connected to a nurse triage line, and whoever, whichever doctor's on call, based on what you're calling about, will kind of just talk to you over the phone, especially with COVID. So, um, they were like, oh, I'm going to mispronounce this, but like, they're like muskeletal or something with my muscles or like, maybe, you know, you can take something like not icy hot, but something like that to help with the pain and with the nausea, like some sort of Pepsi AC. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't know. So in texting with friends, I was like, okay. So I listened to so texting with friends, like you should ask about your blood pressure or check your blood pressure. Um. So I, I was like, okay, I can I can do that. So in talking to the girl, my girlfriend say one of them had a blood pressure cough and she's like, I'm gonna have one of our other friends take it to you and check your blood pressure. So she came over, I checked my blood pressure, and it was 193 over 115, which is insanely severe. Your blood pressure is one twenty over eighty. That's a normal <laughs> blood pressure rate. Um We went to the hospital. She dropped me off. Uh, I got admitted. They confirmed the blood pressure amount. It was pretty scary because I had never been in a situation in a hospital where nurses are clearly like, very concerned and freaking out, but they're trying to keep you calm, but not show you that, but you can kind of sense it a little bit. Like in a rush.
2: It's like a sense of panic in the room. Yes,
1: exactly. Like they know something's up. They're kind of like talking you through this things calmly, but you can kind of tell like something's not right. So um, when the doctor came and checked me out, they're like, okay, you have severe preeclampsia. They're like, you're not going home tonight. Best case scenario, you're on bed rest. I was 32 weeks. You're on bed rest until 34. And we'll induce you and you will deliver 34 weeks or dep- if your blood pressure doesn't cooperate or if your urine sample, um, based on your the protein levels in your urine sample, we're going to deliver this baby. So they finally got my blood pressure under control, but the urine samples were – my protein levels were like three times the normal amount. So with um, severe or preeclampsia in general, usually – it comes on one, it comes on suddenly, there isn't necessarily something specific that can truly cause it. There are common factors to it. So people, there's common factors in the people who have gotten it, but it's not something like you can plan. Like, it's not like, oh, on week 33, preeclampsia is going to show up. You you don't know. So um, for me, uh, one of the big symptoms they kept asking me was, are you dizziness, headaches. That's a big red flag for preeclampsia. I didn't have any of that. I feel like a, aside from nausea and the swelling, I didn't experience the other things. So it was kind well, of hard the to swelling
2: tell. Swelling is hard too, because I mean, anyone who's been pregnant, super pregnant in the summer, like you swell. Like, I think these are the things that makes it so scary. It's like, I mean, like if you would have called your doctor and said, I'm really swollen, they'd be like, well, you're 32 weeks pregnant and it's, you know, July and super hot outside. Like it's just, that's the part I think it's like so scary, but also so important to listen to your gut because there's so many things that people tell you to like brush off. Like it's no big deal.
1: Yes, absolutely. I was super swollen. I, I think I shared pictures with you and like grouped like text messages with my feet. Cause I, I was not that swollen with me at all, but I attributed to it being summer, different time of year. Um, just all of that. So I was very, very swollen. Um, and I had actually had a teleconference or zoom type doctor's appointment the Thursday prior before I delivered. And I did ask about preeclampsia actually <laughs> just asking about oh my God. it because I was swollen. I was like, I'm really swollen. So I asked, yeah. about it. I don't even remember my doctor's response, but she didn't seem like concerned about it. Me, like she, she, again, she didn't see me, but she wasn't thinking like, Oh, you have preeclampsia. Like, um, which is also one of those things that kind of like worries me with some Zoom, with pregnancy at least, pregnancy appointments and like Zoom calls. Um, anyway. I actually told
2: my my little sister's friend um, who has been on like a, a rough journey to get to a pregnancy. It happened naturally. Like out of nowhere, they were just getting ready to start IVF. And she like felt nervous about doing Zooms. And so I kind of like told her what happened to you. She basically said to her doctor, like, I would rather take a risk of like, Possibly getting COVID coming into your doctor's office than something like this going undetected, and I think it's just like I don't know. It's just like this is what makes all that's going on right now just that much more scary because it was like, oh, do a Zoom, do a Zoom doctor's appointment, but you didn't get labs done then for two t- two
1: visits. Yeah, exactly, absolutely, and so um, once I got it down, I had um, a C section, emergency C section. They got the baby out. Camila was born. I was so concerned about her. It's funny. During all of that, they were um, mainly concerned with me more so than Camila. They're like, oh, she's great. They're like, we're worried about you. (laughs) So once they got my blood pressure under control, because with severe preeclampsia or preeclampsia, if it goes undetected, you can have seizures. You can have a stroke. um, You could it could be fatal. Um, So it was really, really scary. And um, on top of that, on top of the fact of, oh, shit, my blood pressure is crazy. I'm going to have a child in the NICU. So really worried about that. Um, I think immediately when you think of your baby and NICU, you have the worst possible thoughts. You kind of go to a dark place and we're just very scary to see a baby that little. Um, Camila was three pounds, seven ounces, which was more than what I was anticipating in my head. I was like, she's going to be two pounds. Um, but she was healthy. we were both healthy. The NICU staff of the hospital that I'm at are amazing. One of the best in my area, in the Kansas city area. And they also, I just have been very fortunate to have great doctors and nurses who we've been in contact with, who kind of made this process a lot less stressful. Um, but Camila is doing amazing. She's gained weight. It's been a little. It's been a roller coaster. She just turned a month. Um, she's now five point eight pounds. We're getting really, really close to her coming home. Um, we're getting a lot of good positive news in that direction. It's just been a really crazy ride. My blood pressure actually is still trying to be stabilized. It's not in the scary zone, but it's not one twenty over eighty. So I am on medication and seeing my doctor weekly to try to work on that. But preeclampsia signs, um, if you have blood pressure, if any of you are checking your blood pressures at home, if you have anything over 160 or over, I would even say the 90s or 100, anything over 160 uh, for your top number and 100 for your bottom number, um, call your doctor immediately. You can have symptoms that can go kind of undetected, like I did, aside from the swelling, which can be really, really scary. Um, typical symptoms for preeclampsia are headaches, dizziness, nausea, swelling. Um, and if you if you let it go undetected for too long, again, you can have seizures. You can stroke out, uh, have a stroke. It can get really scary, really, really fast. It transpires really, really quickly. And the only answer and safety for you and baby is to get that baby out. So. It's been an ordeal, but I'm glad that um, you and I um, have an audience where we can share this information and I hope this, me sharing this can help someone else and check that blood pressure. I've become like a little doctor in the making throughout all this because I <laughs> I feel like I know things, but I've never checked my blood pressure more in the last month than I have my entire life, but I, it's it's my moment right now with that and eventually hopefully it'll be okay but um like i said it it's been a ride it's been a roller coaster ride but thankfully we are both doing well
2: and i mean for me i'm like when am i going to get to hold this sweet little camila and have her spit up on me that was like my favorite thing <laughs> So you guys who don't listen, I love the smell of baby spit up. And the first time I held Mia, she spit up all over me. And Vanessa was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry.
1: I'm like, I'm not going to wash this shirt for weeks. So yeah. Speaking of which, like I, I mean, watching Potomac's episode with the baby shower and Ashley's concerns about visitors. I'm thinking about that right now with COVID. Like, I I don't know that I'll let, I don't know what I'm going to do there, but I, it's stressful.
2: I feel like it's stressful when you have a baby in September. So you originally were going to deliver Camila on September 6th, right?
1: Yeah, that's my due date. Yeah. Due date.
2: Um, So I had Hewitt on September 17th. He was actually due September 8th. And like the scary part is, is like once you typically when you have a baby, like after you get past like those eight weeks and you get that first round of immunizations and shots, you feel a little bit not like – Invincible, but you feel a bit like a weight's been lifted and it's like okay to let people around the baby. But the hard part about a September baby is that eight week mark puts you right at f- cold and flu season and then you had COVID into it. But when I was watching the sipancy and she was like saying she don't want people to kiss the baby, I remember thinking, one, I don't know if anybody will ever do a sip and see like a t- other than like truly maybe just see the baby, but like I couldn't imagine letting anyone just hold your baby anymore. It must it'll probably be like months. But Bef- like babies are probably gonna be like six or eight months old before that happens. But then, the, like when she said, "Please don't kiss the baby," I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I didn't even think how much life has changed. Like I never thought about people kissing my baby before. Oh, same. Not. No, no. But now, like I would like probably slap somebody if I had a newborn and they like tried to kiss
1: even the forehead. I'd be like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah. No, absolutely. I was watching that and I was like, "Fuck." When I'm going to have to come up with rules and then you talk to my doctors and get a couple opinions and then come to my own um, conclusion. But I was like, Kyle and I need to establish what we want to do and then just let people know up front. And if they're, I mean, more than likely the people that I surround myself with will yeah. be okay with it, but just kind of be upfront about it upfront at first and say like, listen, I may require masks and you can't hold the baby you can see her sure. your kids. Yeah. yeah you can I mean, see I her, all these different things. So you just got to think about it.
2: Yeah. No. And I think for anyone out there who's getting ready to have a, a baby or just had one and is trying to figure out like, don't worry. And this is like one thing I wish I would have known with my first, don't worry about people being mad about the rules that you're laying down. Like this is your child. If you say, I don't want anybody coming into my house for the first eight months, might be to some people a bit extreme but if that's what you feel comfortable doing and if that's what helps you great at the same time though if you have a friend who is like you're in the camp of like I'm gonna wait a really long time and you have a friend who said for my mental well-being I just I need socialization or I need people and I'm gonna keep six feet apart but I'm gonna let people come sit on my back deck and I'm gonna talk to them like I just think everyone needs to be really mindful of, like not to judge what everyone like everyone has different head spaces where they're at with this. And like, I would say to any new mom, do what is best for you, but support your friends that are doing something different.
1: Absolutely. And don't be afraid to stand up to your family. Yes. (laughs) I feel like a lot of those, like where gets tense is when it comes to family and all that stuff. So, but don't be afraid to say what you want for family. Yeah.
2: And don't be afraid to whip out your boob if you're comfortable with it. Like Ashley did. I love that she was just like, oh, he's hungry. And nobody, I don't know if they said anything and they just edited it out, but like no one seemed like that shocked by it. I really thought Candace was going to have a response because she, you know, she didn't invite Ashley to the, her party, to her anniversary party, because she said that Ashley, you know, is as lactating breasts and she can't leave the house. Oh my God.
1: Oh, Candy, Candace um one i'm excited that we're talking about potomac together because we haven't done this but this i will say the first three episodes of potomac wow we're getting a lot of things that we don't normally get in other housewife seasons until like beverly hills until like the last like second last two episodes
2: i mean i'm still waiting for beverly hills to give me a fraction of what i got in the first three episodes of potomac and it's different people yes we had the den uh so the I mean the the premiere starts off strong. We find out that Giselle is back with her ex, that Juan and Robin are getting going to get engaged, which ends up happening and is so exciting. Episode two, we have this dinner party that's really supposed to be about Ashley, and it's all about really Candace and Ashley being, like, okay with one another, and ideally they want Candace to apologize. Turns into more into this whole Monique-Candace thing. Then Sharice shows up on episode three for the sip and see. I mean, like, guys, like, this is the stuff we don't get with Beverly Hills. And I love it. I'm so I'm so obsessed with Potomac.
1: Oh, it's so good. And I I think the the feud that I'm living for the most is T'Challa and Karen.
2: (laughs) I mean, she is terrified of him. It's not even like I don't. I don't think she's doing it to be cute. You know how when people like like they're like, "Oh, I'm afraid to get in the ocean because there's sharks," and they're being like trying to be like cutesy. She is terrified of T'Challa, and I agree. Steve from uh, Faces by Bravo thinks that she might have released T'Challa into the into the wild when T'Challa was li- T'Challa. I always want to say Chachala. Yeah. I don't know why. We uh, call him like Chichi, but. <laughs> T'Challa uh, kind of like flew away for a little bit. They found
1: him, but a lot of people are saying Karen might have might have let him loose. Been behind it. Oh my gosh! No, this, I'm kidding. She really wasn't. No, this is I, a joke. I yeah. think it's so funny. No, I. I mean, in the beginning, I mean, we get back to the dinner, and Candace and Ashley continue. Um, am I? They hash everything out at the dinner, and Candace feels like she's been ambushed because they want her to apologize.
2: Yeah, and so I think they just kind of, like, quickly sort of, like, wrap it up. They changed the subject, and it was like, okay, well, Ashley uh, invites Candace to her sip and see. And so I think everyone's like, oh, you know, like, not so much like a happy ending, but, like, this is, you know, like, there was some point to this. And But then, like, the greatest thing ever to happen in Housewives history, we get this thing that says cameras, you know, camera wrap, the cameras wrap filming, but the audio played on. And we hear... Candice and Monique like having an argument where Monique, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Monique that was like, we're going to have this conversation off camera.
1: Yeah, and it has to do with Cherise because yeah. Candace is acting like she didn't know about their beef, which if they were as good as friends as they claim to be, you would totally know that. And given how much chatter there is in that group, you would, I feel like, just know that.
2: I mean, there's a lot of word on the street to steal from Giselle. So I feel like I think Candace knew what she was doing. I also love that, uh, Ashley says to Candace, like you say nothing but horrible things about me. Like I'm in labor and you said bad things about me. And Candace was like, i never said anything bad about you. And production just does this montage of all these like pop-up tweets and posts about how much Candace hates Ashley. Like I kind of like that production is Throwing some shade and they're doing it on every season now on every franchise now. And I love
1: it. Oh, they're holding these women accountable to the shit that they're saying. It's so So good. good. So that was bombshell number one. And that was within the first 10 minutes of the episode. So I was like, Whoa, then we have the feud between T'Challa and Monique (laughs) or not Monique with Karen, (laughs) that, (laughs) that interaction there. Um, And then there was a really weird dinner I would love to give your take as a child with divorced parents um, about Giselle and her girls and Jamal. Well, I will just
2: say when my dad uh, made me the owner of a restaurant. No, I'm just kidding. I Like I get like, I think it was more just like, I think he should have worded it to the girls like, "This is an investment for your future." But he's like, "You guys are all partners in a restaurant." They're like thirteen and I don't know, fifteen. Is the oldest fifteen or is the oldest thirteen? Um, I think they're somewhere in that range. I feel like thirteen. So they're thirteen, and right? Thirteen-ish, give or take a couple of years. That is so young to even understand what being a partner in a restaurant means. I don't even fully understand what it means. I'm like, are they supposed to be cooking? Are they going to wash dishes or do they just own the place? But it was such a weird dinner. It was so uncomfortable. I will say it's funny because, you know, Giselle said, what kids don't want their parents back together? Like, you know, I would think every kid would be thrilled for their parents to be back together. And it reminded me of, so my parents got divorced uh, when I was a freshman in college, but right before my senior graduation, they let me and my sister know that they, that things weren't going well and that they were probably going to get a divorce. And that just to make it like easier, I did not take any attention away from me and my high school graduation. They weren't going to tell anyone until after my graduation party, but they just wanted us to know, which like, I think, you know, any kid at that age, you know, I'm 18, my sister's 16. We knew something was up, so we weren't floored by it. And after my graduation party that next week, uh, my sister and I always went with my aunt and uncle up to Minnesota, uh, to this Lake and we would fish and just hang out in the water and stuff. And so we get there the first night and my dad calls my aunt and on her cell phone, I was like, Hey, can you, can you get the girls, pull them away from their cousins and just get them somewhere kind of like secluded, um, and private Patty and I, my mom is Patty, have something we want to tell them. And she was like,
1: okay, what
2: is it? And he's like, we're getting back together and we just want them to know. And so my aunt was like, oh, okay. And like, I think all of us were like very much at peace with the divorce. Like we thought it was the kind of the best thing for both of them. It seemed like they really weren't, nothing bad happened. It just seemed like they had fallen out of love. So when they told us that they were getting back together, we were pissed. We were like, first of all, we've had to hold this secret for a month and a half. And now we're like, we're finally at the point where like people are allowed to know, and you guys are going to get back to like, we were really, really mad. So I was laughing and I've talked to other friends of, with, of like with divorced parents. And I think it's pretty common for like right before the divorce to happen. Like it's like that, Oh my gosh, the finality of it. Like we're not ready to really say goodbye. And so like you do kind of rekindle and then divorce and same reaction happened with a majority of my friends where they were pissed that their parents were getting back together. So little secret out there for those people who don't have divorced parents, you actually do get kind of mad when they get back together because oh it's God. just
1: annoying. Yeah. No, I believe it. And well, especially in their case when their parents have always been divorced. That's all they know. So it's probably just yeah. really weird to see that side of your parents. And the whole restaurant thing, I felt so bad for Grace who's like, "Uh, these aren't Nicki Minaj tickets. <laughs> like, I know. Like a true teenager. <laughs> like she was so disappointed. And I love that she like didn't hide that. Like she's just like, okay, cool. <laughs> okay. So not to go super
2: off topic, but guys, this is our first time back together in over a month and we're so excited. Uh, do you know what it reminded me of? What? I'm scared. <laughs> when <laughs> when Kyle got you Taylor Swift tickets for your 30th and you were pissed because you wanted a party and you didn't know he had planned a surprise party. Yeah. And you were like, I did not show my disappointment very <laughs> <laughs> or I showed my disappointment a yeah, little too
1: well. <laughs> a little too well. I was the biggest asshole. I will never, ever have a surprise party ever again in my life because he um, did a really good job and I was a huge <laughs> dick. Like, I blamed like, him. I don't on know
2: that. why. Yeah. I just thought of you when she's like, these aren't Nicki Minaj tickets. <laughs> no, this was kind of the reverse. So it was like, wait, these are Taylor Swift tickets for my 30th yeah I don't know why
1: no it was like that it was it was very much like that I was like oh that's it and I like immediately like this is how bad I was everyone I accused him I was like wait so he's like no one can come only these people can come I'm like oh well is how much notice did you give him I like blamed it <laughs> on him like as if he like someone's doing something nice for me and I'm a huge dick and I'm like wow you didn't give him enough time oh <laughs> never again it was a humble mo- a humbling moment.
2: I mean, in your defense, you were 35, almost five years have passed. We have grown up a lot, but yes, uh, I don't know why that made me think of you. So we're like all over the place. So we, that, that we are dinner really where it ended though, was at the sip and see, what did you think about those? So first of all, Ashley tells Monique that Sharice is going to be there the big issue with Monique and Sharice, they were once really good friends. And then. Obviously, some sort of falling out happened, and Cherise starts telling everybody around Potomac that Monique had an affair with her personal trainer, and a lot of people saw them out together a lot, having lunch, not just working out at the gym. So I think a lot of people believe the rumors. But recently, people have been saying Chase isn't Monique's husband's baby. Yes. Which is and then really... Hurtful. Horrible. She went live. There's been so many lives, and I'll be honest, everyone, I haven't watched much of it. uh candace has done, I think, eight hours of lives in like the last ten days. Monique, like they do these hour and a half long Instagram lives. Who has um, that much
1: time? Anymore? I mean, they keep the drama going. I don't know. Maybe they get an extra incentive from Bravo for for keeping the drama going. But in the live, Chris addresses those rumors, and he was. One, it was his it was incredible reaction from him. He was he would drink his wine in between each insult that he was. <laughs> but he basically was like, you know, I don't go after people's families. There's a lot of things I know. He's like, these are horrible, disgusting rumors. Like they basically like debunked it and addressed it head on, which I feel like is smart compared to other franchises. We don't always see that play out. You usually see that in the reunion They're, I mean, maybe it's just refresh wounds. They just want to nip it in the butt. Bud, but which one is it, Bud? Here, I'm back <laughs> right away. Uh, no, that was that was wild, and I also thought I what I also loved about all of this is that Ashley had told Candace that they were that she was talking shit, that they were talking shit about her. Like she just said it up front. Ash- She's like, we've all been talking about your behind your back. I thought that was great. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Well, breastfeeding, mind you. Like, is she, <laughs> well, breastfeeding and stirring drama. Ashley and Giselle deserve Academy Awards on how they stir the pot. They both do it very differently, but they both do it very well.
2: It is, it, it is an art. It is like watching an intricate dance just done so seamlessly and so effortlessly. I mean, they are just, yeah, they are they're It's an art and it is, I'm in awe of it. I just sit back and watch and think, wow, like this is housewife gold. And that I'm watching right now. Oh,
1: Rena. I was a pot stirrer could learn something from how they stir the pot. <laughs>
2: like right. like, just like throws a spoon in the pot and that's how she stirs it. Ashley like sprinkles some spice takes a little sip, sprinkles a little bit more, and then just stirs it and just make sure she gets the flavors just right. So then it's like, boom. And Giselle is a little bit more forceful. So she'll be like, oh, I've got, I'm really bad at cooking. I've got some garlic in here. Oh and I know, you <laughs> know I know that garlic doesn't like cayenne pepper. Oh so I'm just going to put a big old dump of cayenne pepper in there. Cause she knew Monique is sitting there. Charisse is, you know, sitting. So, Giselle's kind of in the middle on the couch. Off to her right is uh, Cherise just sitting in a chair. And then to her left is Monique. And she was just kind of like, now, why don't you two? You know, you two are kind of getting along. You used to be friends. What happened? Giselle just wants Monique to say the rumor. I don't know why, but she just wants to hear it come out of Monique's mouth. I think that is her biggest goal.
1: Oh, and Giselle, I feel like, is like all the viewers. Like, she wants to have like a bag of popcorn. It's like, let me just watch you all. Yeah. Go at it. Like she just always – and I give her – I mean, I give the ladies credit for just doing it instead of doing it behind each other's backs. She's like, well, while we're all here, just why don't you just tell us? Why don't we just see what the beef is? But, oh, my goodness, I can't wait for um, Pepto-Bismol Karen next week. <laughs> it looks uh, someone so Someone needs to have a talk with Karen. I think Karen thinks she is 30 years old. I mean – the grand dame is just giving us all kinds of looks this season. I mean, I oh, this enjoy is only episode four. I,
2: know. I mean, what are, what looks are we going to get when they go on a vacation? I, I can't wait. Uh, what did you think of Roni this week though? Bad transition, but here we go.
1: Um, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, it was entertaining. I feel like any trip to New Mexico is fun, my biggest thing on this is I kind of agree with all the points that they made about Dorinda. I think Dorinda, uh, I, I have a I love hate. I'd say right now more of a hate with her, but I just she doesn't own up to anything she says, and it's really really annoying to watch. I didn't really enjoy Ramona's <laughs> tears that came with it, but um, it was it was. It was interesting. The beginning with the Canadians, I think they were Canadians, those guys that they picked up and, you know, going out and Leah making out with the guy. And it was all like fun and being hung over. I mean, they always have a good time. It was so
2: great until I felt like the... So the fight with Dorinda was the only part that kind of let me down. I agreed with what they were saying. I, I don't think they were wrong. Dorinda gets mad when people work on a trip and it's like, okay, some of these women... Leah, she does, I mean, she does own her own company and truly is a businesswoman. Sonia, I think, is trying. I think everyone kind of like thinks Sonia's, you know, businesses are a joke anyway. But I I think it's reasonable to expect that people who own a business are going to have to work a little bit on a trip. They can't just shut down for seven days. So to get mad at people and just to be rude about it and then everyone kind of just lets her do it. I knew that that was like, it. there was going to be a straw that broke the camel's back. And it just happened to be a phone call from Hannah. And had Ramona not gone so crazy and done her stupid crocodile tears, I grew with Sonia. Sonia was like, God damn it, Ramona, like we were trying to have a conversation, but you've made it so like ridiculous and dramatic by crying. And that really like took away from it. That Nobody really got to have the conversation with her that I think we all thought we were going to see based on previews.
1: Yeah. No, it did take away from it. And then Dorinda – I mean, Dorinda is someone you – if you're not a spitfire or quick on your feet, you almost have to rehearse what you're going to say because she is so quick and immediately is like, oh, are you okay, Ramona? Like, she's a a dick. Like, she's no problem being like, are you feeling all right? Because I'm doing good. You know, like, she is – Vindictive in that way and is really quick on her feet. But I agree with all everything the women were saying. One moment that I did not expect to get in that moment um, was the story Leah shared about the crystals of her vagina, but that Ramona needs to get the stick out of her ass. Did not expect that sound bite, but we got that. So I mean, <laughs> I was like, yeah, what the fuck is going on? <laughs>
2: I love that Leah just likes to talk about vaginas to make Ramona mad. Like, it it just, it is so funny because, you know, Ramona would talk about stuff all the time. They've shown clips of Ramona talking about dicks and guys and stuff. And, like, she just gets so mad when Leah does it. There uh, are a lot of funny, like, memes out there about, you know, when Sonia says something versus when Leah says it. But one thing I will say, and I want to give Leah credit for this, and this is kind of similar to how I felt with Sutton and I talked about with Ryan Bailey, Leah didn't join in on the stuff with Dorinda and kind of even said like, that's not how I feel. And like did not want to be part of like the big group. I don't want to say attacking, but like this group intervention with Dorinda. And while I think Dorinda deserved it, I do applaud Leah for thinking you know, or saying and being able to, you know, put it out there that Dorinda's always had her back. Dorinda has really been there for Leah and has helped her when the women have been a little bit hard on her or not as welcoming of her. So I get why she's like I'm not going to participate in this. I don't want to make her feel like I, I I'm ganging up on her too. And I think it takes a lot for a first-time housewife to be like, "You know what? I'm going to stand alone and not jump in on something that everyone else agrees with and is doing." Like I do I think that takes a lot of integrity. I agree with that.
1: Yeah, no, that was that was good. It was a good It was a solid episode. I will say in watching this season of Roni and I hate to say like Tinsley leaving, like it feels like something's missing, but I don't really know what, I I hate to say storyline, but it's just like, I feel like every episode is like, everyone's getting drunk.
2: No, I agree. I think we need some softness. We need some like innocence. And that really was Tinsley. I also, and I hope this doesn't offend anyone we need some youth. I mean, these women are 20, 15 years older than Leah. So of course they're going to be hard on her and they're going to talk condescending to her because they think of her as this like young thing that doesn't know what she's doing. And it's not necessarily fair. And honestly, like it's getting old watching it. I have said this for a while. I would love to see Ramona demoted to a friend of, I think it'd be kind of not nearly as bad as a Vicky situation, but I think it would be kind of an ego check for her. It would give Sonia a chance to maybe not always be under Ramona's thumb and let's see who Sonia really is and a warning call to Dorinda to stop being a bitch and then bring somebody in young and bring somebody in that is going to talk about vaginas and is going to talk about dicks and isn't afraid to like, I feel like we need some of that balance and not that Tinsley talked about vaginas and dicks all the time, but she had a little bit more of an innocence to her and she wasn't always getting hammered. And if she did, she did like a cute dance. Like it wasn't the slurring, the words and the fights. And I don't know. I think, I feel like I'm just like watching, uh, what was that? show that used to be on TLC, like Intervention. I'm like watching the the setup of Intervention, oh, like watching yeah. people excessively drink. Isn't what I want to see every single week.
1: No, it's like, it's, you know, it's fun. And, but it, yeah, it just kind of feels like, okay, like, all right guys, let's kind of, let's pivot. Let's talk about something else. I mean, the ladies of Potomac, gives us so much drama without all the sloppiness with it. You know, like, it's like, I just, I want some, more shade i just need a little bit more and maybe they can have a woman of color um on the cast There's a rumor so yeah so yeah. we'll see about that but um yeah roni was roni was good i still forever will love roni i just feel like it's kind of all over the map this season
2: i gave it i give this last episode a b minus it wasn't my favorite it wasn't terrible uh i give it a b minus i still give Beverly Hills. I think I give it a C minus, honestly, this, this, you know, we talked about it. We knew that this was going to be, they were going to hang everything on one big thing. And, you know, we, it started off, that it was like all this stuff with Denise and we didn't really understand it. And now we're finally getting to the whole Denise and Brandy hooked up, but the way they've, the, they have built the storyline and I, some of the forced reshoots, we have Rena giving a performance of a lifetime for a soap opera star, just bawling and then going to church. I was like, "Oh, nice touch with the church. It just feels so forced and faked. And at this point, I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I'm over it. Like, just fuck it. Who cares? So they hooked up. I think they hooked up.
1: I don't think it's a big deal. I agree. I feel like they did hook up. I don't give a shit about it. And I don't understand what point they're trying to make with Denise. Like, I feel like at, How many episodes now are we with them going after her on this? I just don't understand it. I don't see the point in it. Let her live. Let her lie about what she wants to lie. All those women have done something hypocritical or have lied about something. So, like, why come after her? Because the only reason why they're coming after her is because she's the only storyline that they have. (laughs) Like, it's just kind of ridiculous. And I just wish... It's unfortunate with Sutton. Um, I listened to the episode with you and Ryan and I have come around on Sutton too. I enjoy her much more. And given her divorce and um, the agreement that she has with her ex, we aren't able to see so much of her life with her children and stuff. But I wish there was something more than just Denise maybe affair with Brandy.
2: Yeah, I I don't, I'm just so over the season. And like I was over it before it started. I don't know. I just, I'm ready for it to end. That's all, that's all I feel.
1: I'm just ready for it to end. <laughs> I'm ready for it to end. I do, and I will say positives, Garcelle and Sutton were great. I just wish they were integrated more. I wish, I know Garcelle has an active acting career and I wish we got to see way more of her Like I said about Sutton, I wish we got to see a little bit more of them. I do feel like the women, um, some of the women like hold back and don't share as much of themselves as they could.
2: Yeah. I also worried about Garcelle and that scene where she left and started crying. I I think she did miss her kids. But I think it was also like (laughs) the realization that like this is so ridiculous that I've spent an entire trip in Rome, in this amazing city, listening every night to these women kind of attack Denise for possibly hooking up with Brandy. And I don't know. I think it would wear on me, too. And I think I'd be like, God, I skipped work for this. I skipped being with my kids. Like, I just, when I saw her cry and get upset, I thought, oh, no. Like, I don't know if Garcelle is going to come back. And she's busy enough and successful enough. She probably doesn't need to. And, and, and they need her. Like, we need more Garcelle. We need more Sutton. Honestly, we need Denise. As much as I am kind of annoyed with the way Denise is trying to control the storyline this year, without her,
1: what would we have had? Teddy's pregnancy? Yeah. And, I mean, Teddy has hardly even been on. It's just, ugh. Yeah. I, I guess we have got a Beppo. Yeah. Oh, my God. I will say, can I just say, I am loving Dorit. I'm a new Dory fan this season. I will say I've enjoyed her more than I have any other season, and you, I know you're not going to agree with me on this, but I feel like Dory is fun. She seems to be laughing more at herself, and she's giving us all the fashion that Erica Jane is not. Um,
2: I haven't. I didn't love some of her looks. I will say the the pizza look was amazing. I loved her hair. I loved the whole look. What the hell was Sutton wearing to pizza night? It looked like she was trying to go to Woodstock. She was wearing like. A brown suede vest. The fact that she had a glam squad, I, I think it's great they bring their glam squads and that we see them. I'm glad we finally see them because for the longest time, it's like they would just show up these dinners and you're like, okay, who did your hair? I know you didn't do that yourself. Sutton, I think I could have recreated that look on my own. Oh, like, my I God. just kind felt of like, why do you have a glam squad? You, are, you probably got the vest. At, I'm sure it's couture, but it looked like she got it at Goodwill. Her hair was just normal. Like, I was very disappointed. I'm like, come on, Sutton, give us more. Uh, te- I will say, um, not Teddy. I always give pregnant people a pass. And everyone should. Do you know how hard it is to find, like, fun, stylish, trendy maternity wear? It doesn't exist. So, like, let's give Teddy a pass. Kyle's looks, though, and I love Kyle, everybody. Like, this is usually my biggest bias. And, like, my blinders are on. Her looks have been terrible this trip.
1: Yeah, they, I feel like they seem very matronly, which is not really her. That one dress with, that was black yes. with like the no. Um, we'll share Yes. This. No. We'll share this. Yes. No. Yes, I agree. With, yes. That. I know. I like that. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Reality guy is a great Instagram account if you don't follow, but he made the funniest, funniest meme of Sutton. He uh, made her look like a Price is Right contestant with her best. Oh my God. We'll have to okay. share. I'm texting it to yeah. you right now because you're going to I'm laugh. probably going to
2: pee my pants.
1: You're probably going to uh-huh. pee your pants because it's so good.
2: But so I will say, I don't, I don't love Dorit's looks necessarily, but I applaud her for actually like taking risks and doing glam and being like kind of out there with the, like her clothes and her choices because the rest of them have been so bland and boring. I've been really disappointed. Even Garcelle, I was like, come on girl. Like you, she can, She's delivered some looks in her confessionals, and we didn't even see it in Rome. So I'll give Dorit that. But I just – I'm not a Dorit fan. I probably never will be. Uh, I love Teddy. I think she's just too boring. I don't know if – I don't know if Teddy should really continue on the show. And I really say it because I think she's a nice, normal, good person, and nice, normal, good people
1: aren't good TV. No, they're not. They're not. Wow. I'm back. Woo!
2: Woo. I mean, wow. We only went slightly over too. And considering during quarantine we've been going way over, I think this was like a really good a good episode. And I am almost like going to make us like skip the shout out because I already have a feeling of what you're going to say and I'm I don't know if I want to
1: accept it. Well, you're going to accept it. I'm giving this week's shout out no surprise to you listening Abby and listener. To Abby <laughs> to Abby <laughs> Abby's done a badass job covering while well, i've been out on my real mom 's a problem maternity leave, <laughs> but she's done an incredible job i've enjoyed listening to all the episodes and all the guests um she i mean you've even branched out and you're doing solo episodes like you're doing it all, and I just am grateful. Guys, we are truly friends. This isn't fake. I Abby and I have known each other for many, many years. Never. No, I Abby, mean, you I posted that horrible picture. Not horrible, but hilarious. No, it was horrible. But also, I don't know why I'm planting this seed as if this is a manufactured thing. But but Abby and I have been friends for a very, very long time. She's one of my all-time favorite people, one of the closest people in my life.
2: Aww. And I just,
1: I didn't have to think, worry abby a friendship with abby is easy because there's never any drama oh, like make me cry it's a lot of fun and i knew even though real moms is like our side thing and we do it because we love it i we both love putting time towards it and i did not feel any sort of guilt stepping back and focusing on myself and my child because i, I know you got it and that you wouldn't even make me feel that way either
2: oh you're so sweet well I mean, everyone has like reached out. There's been so many messages to you. I think everyone's just so happy that you guys are both healthy and Camila's here and everything's going so well. And I mean, I'm like, that's like the nicest thing someone's ever said to me. So I'm like taking it back. But I will say, I mean, we truly are friends. I like you are basically like family to me. And I think the thing that makes us so close is when we hooked up, we told our husbands right away and i'm just kidding everyone <laughs> I, was like, I was like "Where are we going
1: with this we take when we hooked up lips
2: at, in nashville we did and our husbands were like for, i felt like they were like forcing us to do it they're like yes kiss yes, kiss yes. and it was like literally a peck there was no exchanging of like tongue but and we have never hooked up and even if but if we had i mean it's not that big of a deal but i'm just saying we haven't um something to look forward to Bravicon 2021 maybe maybe maybe,
1: maybe 2021's the year Yes. But thank you all so much for your kind messages. I've been extremely humbled by this experience. Um, For any of you listening, that's taking the time to send a message, even just to care and think about me is really, really thoughtful and very kind. Um, It's been very, very humbling. And if any of you are a healthcare worker, I've always tipped my hat to you, but I tip my hat to you even more now with the experience that I've been experiencing so far. So thank you.
2: Well, it feels weird to say this after like a very, um, like heartfelt shout out. But if you are not subscribing to us, uh, you should, cause we're, I think we're pretty funny. We are definitely very good friends and I'm sure anyone listening out there thinks like oh, me and my friend should do this. So just start listening to us. Maybe we'll motivate you, inspire you to do this as well. Um, you can listen to us anywhere where you podcast, Apple Spotify, Stitcher, I don't really know any of the other ones that we're on, but we're on a lot of platforms. So please subscribe to us. Please, please, please give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. I know every podcaster says this and people are like, why does it matter? It really does help you become more visible and found in the algorithms. And the more visible we are, the more, you know, bravo liberties and the more visibility we have to just keep doing this and keep giving you guys great episodes and then also make sure you are following us on instagram at real moms of bravo uh bronwyn from real housewives of orange county and i just started a fitness journey that we're kind of making up as we go uh, called hashtag run like a mother so check out our instagram stories to learn more about that And we are now on Patreon. So we had an emergency episode with Kate Casey. All of my Big Brother bonus episodes will be on there. I think we are probably going to be doing a Love on the Spectrum bonus episode soon. And that will be on Patreon as well. So, so many ways you can listen to us and follow us. uh, And we appreciate all the support. With that, we will catch you next week.